Oh my god, I'm the worst at this. Uh... Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup. Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Oh, righty. We're back after a little brief break. Sorry about that one. I was uh, working over the weekend and everybody had other stuff going on and, you know, Halloween. So we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, Steph, how was your your Halloween? Did you get uh, trick-or-treaters coming around or were you out? Um, I was out. So uh, the area is pretty known for trick-or-treaters, but I wasn't here to see it. Mm. Uh, how about you guys? Well, um, I got an update from the Ottawa News that apparently was a slow year for Halloween everywhere here. But uh, we only got like, I think, 18 kids by the end of the night oh. and i would say like nine of them were probably in grade eight and doing the half-assed <laughs> like they walk up trick-or-treat thank you Bye. so but, more candy for you guys yeah you give it too all? much again too- <laughs> yeah i should have given more out like knowing we weren't going to get that many people but yeah the yeah. first two were so cute we got a couple like uh like three four five year olds within you know six six thirty and yeah. there was like a break for about an hour and then all the older kids showed up. But that was about it. Did you guys dress up? Um, yeah. So my fiance put on her Christopher Robin costume. She has a bunch of like stuffed Eeyore and um, Piglet and Pooh that she can like have. And she has this raincoat and it's cute. Cute. Um, and I did not have time to put something together. So I threw two costumes that I previously had together to make a new one. So I had an old um, pink like suede jacket from a Joker costume and a top Mm -hmm. hat from when I was um, what's his name? Uh, Fucking the the mask dude from uh, Sailor Moon. Oh, his name is like tuxedo mask (laughs) i was like his name is is garments he wears it's like it's not top hat it's not cape it's tuxedo mask that's what it is i blanked Um, and then had a little moment like oh my god childhood tuxedo mask i haven't heard that name in fucking 30 years (laughs) now right so last year uh me and a bunch of the girls at work they were all the the sailor sister you know the whatever's the the whatever you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Were they, are they this? I don't remember what they're called, but yeah, I didn't Sailor really Moon watch Sailor people? Moon. Yeah, the Sailor Moon peoples, and I was tuxedo mask. So I had the top hat, is what we're getting at. And so cool, cool. when you combine the pink, uh, it's kind of like a here. Actually, I have it. Oh, we're gonna get a live look. Yeah, you can see it here. This thing. I get the color. It's like that color. A fancy. Yeah, I found it in the women's section of Value Village, and it has been like five Perfect. Joker costumes over my life. <laughs> nice, nice. Value Village is the bomb.com when it comes oh. to making costumes. I actually found so, my Joker. <laughs> oh, sorry. I haven't even told sorry. you what I was. So when you put a top hat with that, uh, you become Willy Wonka. Oh, boom. Perfect. Right? Wow. 
That's awesome. Right? So I just, I was Willy Wonka in uh, in sweatpants, but I was Willy Wonka <laughs> handing out candy. <laughs> hey, that works. That works. All I was going to say is that I found my Joker costume pieces at Valley Village because I needed a purple tie and a purple blazer. And where else do you look besides Value fucking Village? <laughs> right. And it worked. So, yeah. Yeah, I just hot glued a, a big purple, you know. Uh, flower. I can't think of words right now, man. Like it's, it's been a while. Good thing we're recording a podcast. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. (laughs) We forgot to do our training. We're good. Now we're good. Uh, But yeah, I, um, I will definitely put some more effort into my costume next year. We watched uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil though. while we were waiting for trick or treaters and that movie is so funny. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I have not. Basically, the premise is these two guys um, go out to their little fishing cabin and there's a bunch of college kids and it's super like cliche 80s style where like, you know, they all show up and go out into the woods and then, you know, we got to go this way. There's like the douchebag kid. It's like, you know, everybody follow me. And it's like, man, (laughs) phones don't work out here. And they like set it up really, really like tongue in cheek. And the kids think that these two guys are killing them. But they all just keep like accidentally dying from trying to run away. So like they're like, <laughs> oh, these guys got our friends. They like run at them with a spear and the guy falls into a wood chipper and like oh, you know, one, one guy ends up spearing himself. So it's like it's it's pretty like obviously gory and violent, but it's it's done in a funny way because obviously like these guys aren't meaning to have any of this happen. And they're like, how are we supposed to go to the cops? It looks like we <laughs> killed all these college kids. <laughs> it's great. Nice. It's great. It's a, it's a classic. It's from like 2004, I think. Yeah. Well, Halloween was on a weekday this year, so I don't blame you for staying in and, you know, watching some movies before the Halloween collection is gone off Netflix. Well, I don't know if it's gone already, but I've been enjoying that in the month of October and I love spooky shit. So November is here. We're gone with October and the leaves, man. Are five, three, and two so far this season, 10 games in. Nylander leading the way, only one point, or Pasta only had one point more entering tonight's game. But I saw something. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I I saw a stat uh, someone mentioned uh, last year. We were four, four, and two to start the season. But then the Leafs went on a huge run of like 15, two, and one or something when they went on that insane streak. So I don't know if we can really predict the same for this season. But hey, I'll take a five, three, and two start over, I mean, the Sharks any day. Yeah. And though the. a game against LA on Halloween was pretty mediocre. Uh, fun little tweet here from Kevin Papetti. The last time the Leafs played on Halloween, this was the lineup. I don't know if you saw this. I James Van Riemsdyk, Nazem Kadri, and Leo Komarov for the first line. Second line, we got Bozak, Lupul, and Winnick. Then wow. Holland, Parento, and Matthias. Then Byron Fraze with Rich Clune and Michael Grabner. On defense, wow. we have Gardner and Fanuf. Hunwick and Riley and Marinchin and Polak with Jonathan Bernier and Net. And guess what? They lost four nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we got a little glimpse of JVR tonight. I don't know if you found him noticeable or not playing on the Bruins third line. Oh, uh, you know, a handful of times I was like, oh, there's JVR. He's in the corner there. 
but like he's not the same net front danger that he used to be. He's not on the first or second line. He's not on PP one. So it's not it's not the same effect that he used to have. And it's tough with guys like that where once you take those opportunities away, like there's not much left from him. So he's kind of had to readjust his game. So I mean, good for him for sticking around in the league. And I mean, we've seen a lot of guys not get signed and end up retiring. I mean. Obviously, we just saw Jumbo Joe retire. That's a different story. But a lot of guys in their mid-30s have been, uh, you know, calling it early. So good on on JVR for finding a new way to stick around. Or you can be a guy like Phil Kessel, who's just an unrestricted free agent and has had no offers yet this season. So that was been, that was a little surprising to me. And he said it himself to the media recently that he's surprised. But hey. I think that comes down to salary cap. I mean, there's teams that once it gets to the deadline, that's kind of like a a free ad, I guess. Not a free ad, but you don't have to trade something away. You can just maybe offer him some money. Um, it's, It's one of those guys that if there's an injury, it would be nice to have. But to start the season, there's a lot of people that I think want to see what they've got out of their prospects, especially because of how long it's been now since the uh, the COVID drafts that, uh, you know, we really want to see what these kids have because they've been deprived of a lot of ice time. So mm-hmm. it, it's tough to give time to somebody like Kessel on any useful minutes. Like, I mean, sure, he could play on the fourth line with the Leafs. I'd take him over Ryan Reeves, but I just don't think there's <laughs> the money there. Like, sure, if he'll yeah. take league men, but eh. then the other side of that is whoever signs him you have to either play him every night or be the team that ended his Ironman streak. Right. Yeah. As of right now, it's technically still active because he hasn't signed a contract. Facts. But um, Boston, just speaking of trends, last year everyone kind of predicted that they, you know, getting the old band back together would be their last little run and not a good one at that. And then they come out winning the President's Trophy. And then this year, now they're 9-0-1 to start the season, only with a, you know, the, um, a loss against the Anaheim Ducks. So I don't understand. I don't know, man. It no was like, Bergeron. okay, no, this time, this time it's the year that they're going to be in like a wild card spot. No, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like everybody has said it, but honestly, they are the team that has the culture down to a T. Like they know how to generate Boston Bruins. Like everybody that they draft turns into exactly what their team needs. They all become the same nasty Bruins. I don't, I don't know, man, like they're, they know what they're doing. That team is managed well. It's coached well. It's owned well. Like, ugh, it's a pain in the ass. But I got to give it to them. Oh, yeah. And this year, no Bergeron, Creechy. We have McAvoy on a four-game suspension. And then there's uh, injured Forbert and Grizzlick, along with Milan Lucic. So we had ugh. three call-ups from Providence uh, playing tonight and one of them got their first uh, NHL point which was Loray and also fun little fact i saw uh, pop up tonight first louisiana born nhl player who would have thunk huh. it interesting <laughs> yeah that's like Amer- american you would think like you know half the league is american but no one from louisiana ever Okay, this is something that I'm starting to realize is that some states have like no people in them. What is the population? 
of Louisiana. Hmm. That's four point six million. Right. Okay, hmm. so that is pretty strange that they haven't produced a hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> right. And in twenty twenty three, he finally, you know, plays and gets his first NHL point, and it's a it's a headline because it's so rare, allegedly. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Could a guy from Australia play before there was somebody from Louisiana? That's pretty weird. Right. Huh. But learn something new. <laughs> That reminds me, I saw a fun little tidbit that like there's as much as we think that Canada's sparsely populated, if you look at um, like this little chunk where Alberta is, if you draw like a, a kind of bubble, I know I'm explaining this wrong. It's hard to do within a map, but if there's like 13 percent of Canada lives in that area of like Saskatchewan and um, Alberta and whatever, if you flip that over to the bottom, like over the states less than 1% of the U.S. population lives there, like in North and South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Iowa. Like, Alberta has more people than all of those states combined. So when we were talking about, like, oh, could we put a hockey team up there? No, you probably can't. Like, that's there's not enough people there. It's no. pretty crazy. Hmm. Good to know. And also a fun fact coming into tonight. Well, not a fun fact, just... Swayman guys like Swayman hasn't lost yet this season and hasn't let more than two goals in so far. Yeah, he's saving my <laughs> Philip Gustafson uh, goalie pick because I, I have him on most of my teams, but uh, I don't know why. But yeah, um, having Swayman has been a blessing. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, wasn't sure what they would do with this goalie tandem, just play them, you know, every other night. But Swayman has been making his case and good on him. I mean, I had him in fantasy last season and you just never know with, you know, a sophomore slump sort of situation or getting a bigger role. But he seems so calm, so steady. He still put up a 943% tonight. And hey, Sammy ended with a 950, by the way. If anyone else I was else just going to say, let's, let's talk Leafs for a second. Sammy had a absolutely fantastic night. If we're going to talk people making a case for being the starter. I mean, I know a lot of people had almost written Sammy off, but it seems like he just needed a bit of a reset. Like he played fantastic tonight. Um, goals aside, like was Oh no, Wall was in net against uh, LA, but yeah, um, I think all the goals tonight were really, I mean, there was one, eh, could have had back, but honestly, made some absolutely fantastic saves and uh, glad to see that we can rely on both of them again instead of worrying about what we're going to get out of Sammy. Totally agree. Um, I guess that first goal, though, like it, it's hard to pin it on anyone because with the Zaka goal, especially, I, I thought the, the Leafs were caught watching the puck way too much. Uh, first, we had Pasta plowing over Klingberg, and, you know, they, the, the Bruins cycle the puck, and Carlo manages to come down the right side and just shot past it to Zaka, who's all alone, and the Buds are just watching, and they're standing still and Sammy's completely out of position. Like there was a wide open net. This was an easy, easy tap in. So I wish he would have been more in, in his net instead of challenging so far over, but 
Yeah, I have to applaud Sammy. Honestly, this was probably one of his better games of this season for full show. Yeah. But then you watch the shootout and you're like, oh, oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, not good in the shootout. But honestly, like it's not uh, it's not representative of how this game is played. It's just a stupid way to end it quickly. I don't know. I can't put anything on that. Um, what I can put something on is, again, for some reason, first periods, the Leafs, it's like a broken record. They just do not have their shit together in the first 20 minutes. But that second goal just came again off of it's not the first time I've seen it this season where the puck is trickling between two people and both of them look at each other and no one knows who's going for it. It's like, guys, talk to each other call the puck like this is peewee shit are you kidding me like mm-hmm. it's always like a last second reaction this time it was brody who's like fuck and had to dive and hit it with a stick just because nobody's talking to each other it's insane it's like i'm watching children well freshly shaven brody aka looking like a child <laughs> yeah that was weird i didn't know who he was at first yeah, I'm like, who is that? Holy. But I'm like, damn, Brody. Like, <laughs> damn, Brody. Yo, wow. Who are you? It's definitely after Halloween, I guess. But no, I, I totally realized that as well. And making stupid plays in that sense where, you know, he didn't have to dive if you, you made the call. Like, you make the play, you communicate with one another on the ice, like you said, Roscoe, and no one could just get back when when debrusque and and company were going up the ice you had four leafs also coming back but no one can get into position and it was just a soft little pass and a rebound to tip it home for debrusque first goal of the season (laughs) yeah two first goals of the season pain in the ass again that always happens uh, yeah especially in the uh the la game too that dude who scored his first nhl goal it's like fuck off of uh, mm. was it, yeah, Geo diving, <laughs> tip the puck in <laughs> top shelf. Oh yeah. god! But not to fault Brody with anything tonight because uh, there was one play where Klingberg was uh, was helping out on the offense and they turned it over and uh, Brody was the only one back in the one on one and he he handled it well and you know he's showed that he's a good defenseman and that's why he's here. So it's it sucks that now we can pivot to talking about losing yet another defenseman. Timothy Lilligren goes down on a West no Macaulay. Like, <laughs> uh, West no Macaulay. This guy, guy. It's like he makes a show out of the calls that he makes, but he doesn't call 80% of the things that he should. Like the fact that this game only had eight penalty minutes and we played in overtime is insane. Like, Right. How do you go through the entire first period and not call anything? Something happened. You just didn't see it or didn't call it. Like, I just, he's such a, mm, he's not Angel Hernandez bad, but like he's getting there. Every season he gets worse. What blew my mind too was that even though the play is being televised close up, like zoomed in, Wes was in the frame the entire time watching it go down. Like, it's not even like a ref was on the opposite end or, you know, just not even like in no no man's land. He watched that whole thing like he was 10 feet from them or less. And you could see him in every single frame till the end. And it's like, damn, you have two things that happen here. You have a can opener stick between the legs, like obvious trip. Right. And then a fucking slew foot. Like, 
Marshan has his legs wide open, PK Subban style, and just trips him with one foot, has his can opener can open can opener going with the hand, and Lily, man, just so hard into the boards. Uh skate gets pretty much jammed between the ice and the boards and like needing help off the ice like ugh, this dirty little fucking rat man like i was so pissed to see it yeah lily's already taken a beating over the last few games the guy just can't catch a break so it this is just hitting somebody that's already a little cracked up so he's probably going to be down uh i'm gonna say week to week at this point but we'll see what comes out i uh, think so hope- too hopefully Timmons is back like within the next game or two, because um, who do we got next? Benoit who hasn't played so. with the Marlies yet. Like, uh, Oh, not that Lagason was, was good. Like I'm actually quite impressed with how he played tonight, but yeah, let me just check Marlies. Yeah. Uh, the only defender getting a point tonight, Lagerson. So kudos to him. Uh, he did play 1448 and I thought he held his own, honestly. Like uh, he looked he looked great out there. And man, I just feel bad for Lily because they were saying on the broadcast cast like uh, against Nashville, he had a huge hit um, off Trent in there and he was out a couple games. And then against L.A., he was taken into the board. So this is the third time in what? How many games has Lily played? Seven or less so yeah uh, this guy is going to be in concussion protocol for a little while i suspect here uh oh simon benoit just finally got in the last two games so he's played two with the marlies so far that's it's okay i guess um who else who's played with them topi niemel has got two wow in six games topi niemel has two goals and three assists maybe we should call him up yeah why <laughs> not, not that we need another offensive defenseman um who else we got down there i just uh, rechecked too villeneuve and oh willie vanilli max lejoie hmm. that's kind of it okay willie has played all 10 games allegedly then they announced that wrong that's okay i just What's hope on? um lily has actually played all 10 games uh to oh. my surprise but um, I don't know, man, that looked rough, like just watching him try and get up and then fall back down. It kind of gave me that PTSD moment from the Tavares hit in the postseason against the Habs. And um, like just the fact like he, he tried and went back down and tried again. And it's like, oh, no. And like the play continued and they finally blew the whistle after DeBrusque had a big chance there. And man, it, I'm just... Wes no Macaulay like I, I I'm just even more disappointed too that there wasn't a response from the Leafs yeah I'll get to that in a sec I do think there's gonna be a suspension on this because it's not the first time Marshawn has done this slew footing and it seems like um the Department of Player Safety is cracking down the season and handing out tougher suspensions I mean we've already seen two four game suspensions Aside from the 41, obviously, um, we didn't see anything above three handed out last year, I don't think. So the fact that we're we're setting the standard at, you know, these hits to the head and cheap shots are going to be four game suspensions. I think there might be something here. We'll see, though. Um, I honestly yeah. don't think so. No, you don't? No, I really don't think 
anything is coming from this, unfortunately. Like, I mean, we saw one on the hit on uh, on Oliver Ekman Larson, and he didn't miss any games. So, I think uh, we'll see. Okay. I think we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But the other side of that <clears throat> that you brought yeah. up, uh, just you know, watching Reeves on the bench afterwards and yapping which which is nice and all but i was watching reeves to take a little shot like when he had his turn like had a shift like the next couple shifts he didn't do anything or any of the buds right like when you have no call on a dangerous (laughs) what should have been a penalty and your guy gets injured you fucking make a point and go out there and you know set the standard here like don't be on the bench like Bertuzzi, who's laughing at the situation. And actually, an interview before the game, they asked him, um, what did you learn about Marchand, like playing with him and such? And he's like, he's just a good guy. And, and like this, this kind of response showed tonight because he's sitting there laughing on the bench and like everyone's kind of pissed yelling at Marchand and there's just no response. I I don't know. It's so frustrating to me. Yeah. I mean, between Bertuzzi and Reeves, we're paying like almost $7 million, like 1.3 to Reeves and five and a half to Bertuzzi for like, for what? I mean, Reeves had one shot and didn't fight anybody, didn't get in any, didn't respond to anything. Didn't, like you said, like, I don't know what we brought him in here for if he's not going to do this. The dude played seven and a half minutes. Like, yeah, if I don't I don't get it. Like, this is what we this is looking like a a Kyle Clifford, but even less useful somehow. Like, at least he took a penalty. You know, it's like it might not have been useful, but hey, he did something. I I just I don't get what Reeves is here for. And then on Bertuzzi's side, it's almost worse. I mean, the guy played 11 and a half minutes. He was benched for most of the third and all of overtime. Like, (sighs) yeah yeah i just don't get it and their usage like i don't know no hits from reeves no hits from reeves perfect oh but he was the only one who was perfect on the dot tonight one for one out of boy just gonna say that (laughs) yeah um man like you're here for a reason do your fucking job please like obviously you have no hands anymore you barely get any ice time you showed us the first two games of the season what kind of boom you could bring by, you know, <laughs> that was entertainment right there. But I would probably understand this more, let's say, if the Leafs already had it tied or they're leading and they don't want to take a penalty and lose the lead. But at this point in the game, you know, it's early, it's the end of the first, Austin's up one nothing. And there's still no fucking response. Like, you have two periods to go. Come on, guys. Like, we want a new identity here. You, you gotta, you're facing the Boston Bruins. We need the points against our division rivals. Well, and even at 1.35, like, you're not just bringing Reeves in to get in a couple fights. Like, we can pay League Min to have somebody do that. He's supposed to be able to also bring a little bit offensively, like here and there. He's not supposed to be a complete wash up. Like, mm-hmm. 
he's turned into that obviously but you know we i'm just saying we're paying him quite a bit of money so if he's gonna do absolutely nothing then they really have to reevaluate the situation like if he was only fighting people and not producing offensively even that's like you know why did we just why did we bring in another clifford or simmons or you know whoever it is to just be on the fourth line every now and then to hit some people like that's not solving the problem because he was supposed to bring an identity change. He was supposed to be playing enough that this impacts the whole team between him and Bertuzzi. And like, it's just, it's not happening. Neither of them can find any offense. Like I know again, Reeves isn't supposed to be a, a 20 goal scorer by any means, but like, you know, 10 would be nice. And it seems like even five is going to be a struggle by the end of this year. And Bertuzzi, I like I don't get it. The, not even just a third. Like here, let me pull up his his little do 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 the shift chart. Look at how little Tyler Bertuzzi played. So this one here, he's playing with Nylander, playing with Nylander, and then oh look, he gets pulled off here. Oh, and now he's not with them anymore. Oh, and now he's off that line for what is this? 32 minutes into the game, he's off of uh, <clears throat> Tavares and Nylander's line and switched with, uh, I don't know who that is. Anyway, so anyway, he plays two more shifts, three more shifts, and then he's done. From 30 minutes to 60 minutes, and then over time, at the end of the game, he played three shifts. Like, what What are we doing? So What are we doing? Is this a Keefe problem? Because I know we have a couple questions in relation to Keefe here. I'm just wondering what's on your mind, Roscoe, when it comes to our top six players getting benched like that. Like, was this a Bertuzzi fault here? Or was this a Keefe trying to get the buds going and switch it up, but maybe too much? I don't know. I mean, Yarncroke was definitely working a little better on the on whatever lines he was playing on, whether he was with there with uh, with Willie and Tavares or Matthews and Marner. Like, I feel like he was having a good night. So Keith was trying to reward him for that while Bertuzzi was having, again, an awful night. But I don't think continually benching him is going to help him find any production because this is a guy who is not like. Michael Bunting, where, you know, you're giving a chance to a guy who's nobody ever, you know, thought could do it. And he's coming off of having like 16 total points or whatever it was like. This is somebody that is established and was sought after and was a big signing that we spent money on. So, you know, you got to let him find it or we got to reevaluate again this situation because it might not be working again. We're at 10 games, but it's. It's 10 games already, and we've seen next to nothing from Bertuzzi. Yeah, I agree with that, um, especially for how much we're paying him, right? And, man, uh, I guess if I want to talk about anyone in the bottom six, uh, the one noticeable guy for me was Gregor. Uh, he had a good couple chances rushing the net, I think three three attempts, uh, including one where Legison uh, passed the puck all the way around the boards behind Sammy and uh, Gregor intercepted it at the Bruins blue line and then had a nice chance there. So you mean that wasn't Mitch Marner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They fucked up there on the broadcast. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just rooting, you know, 
it's nice to see the big boys come through and make a statement. I mean, Matthews and Marner, kudos to them, of course. But this bottom six, like we spend so much talk time talking about Bertuzzi and like the other half of the top six, but this bottom six has not been going and the disappointment in Reeves and even Domi and Camp, man. Camp has not been his old uh. campfire self. And um, the article today from Inside the Rink was pointing that out and how even his numbers on the dot has been slacking, which is usually a big, um, you know, it's one of his his qual- quality traits here. Like, he, it's one of the things we lean on him for. Yeah, he was 6-10. and 10. Ew, 37% on the dot tonight. Yeah, there's, again, a couple things that you can, I mean kind of a tribute to Keefe. Like anytime somebody seems to be looking decent in the bottom six, he moves them out and into the top and then moves whoever's not performing down, which in turn just makes your bottom six kind of a carousel of whoever's not playing well, which I don't understand. Um, I do think Domi had a half decent night. He had a couple decent shots tonight, but yeah, Camp has just been not it. And right after we signed him to an extension, it seems like, uh, you know, the last of Dubas's things just haunting us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Keith really likes him, but it's we can talk about the overtime. But um, I want to first mention that, yeah, I missed the two goals because um, I had to poop. <laughs> And you took longer than one minute and eight seconds, I guess. Yeah, literally, like, as I heard it on the TV, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I looked at Twitter, and it's like, was Marner or is it Matthews? Oh, it's both of them. Oh, two goals have just happened. Okay, let's wrap this up. Push. Oh, Jesus. The worst timing. Oh, no. But yes. I had a, a, an old Luke Shen there. No, num- number two. <laughs> oh my god, yes. But damn, I-, I just love this moment for Mitch Marner because um, the commentators were talking about him while he was sitting on the bench and how, you know, he said in his interview that he has he wants to be, you know, more of a shoot more mentality and just take the shot, you know, and the next shift he goes out and just takes the shot and fools Jeremy Swayman and uh, Matthews, you know, bring it into the the zone and passes it to Marner, does a little deke and just fucking whips it. And (laughs) that's what you need, man. Like Swayman was on it tonight. He's been all season long, clearly, but this also extends Nylander's point streak to 10 games. Hell yeah. Good for him. Also, I picked Matthews in my uh, my Tim's pick, so yay. Same. Yay, Back yay. on my streak because I missed yesterday and I didn't get pick right the day before. So, yeah. My best streak is four this year. I think that's it. But Mine has also been four. Nice. I think, yeah. So, David Kampf in overtime. Um, everybody has the argument. Not everybody, but the argument is that... You know, if you win the faceoff, then, you know, you're in a good position defensively. You can switch camp off for somebody else. You know, if you lose it, then you've got somebody who's good defensively on the Mm -hmm. ice to try to get it back. And then he can switch off. 
But when Camp is not playing, as we said, like the campfire he should be, uh, you get caught in your own end for a whole two fucking minutes and end up taking a penalty. So this is another little, we can put this one on Keefe for insisting on not playing one of the best players in the fucking world. Like, I don't understand why you don't put any combination of your best guys out there with Riley and just call it a day. Like, it's three on three hockey. It's basically an arcade game. You're not, don't galaxy brain it. Don't overthink this. Just put the best guys on the ice and let them score. Like it's now or never. You don't have, uh, it's so frustrating. And tonight was one of those nights where it's like, this is why this can backfire. This is what can happen. Yeah. And it's frustrating to see Boston take control of the puck right off the face off. And they cycle immediately uh, to start the overtime. And, you know, when they go on the power play, they're smart to take their time out to extend Pasta's time on ice and, you know, utilize their best players in these situations. So I guess we've seen before where Leafs lose the draw and then, you know, it fucks up. We lose possession and it goes the other way and just gone. But Camp has been old reliable when it comes to these face-offs. So I guess Keefe has been trying to utilize him in that way best way possible but the Leafs numbers tonight for the dot in general were just horrible I mean Matthews not winning a single face off and then not taking over 11 like I don't think he's ever gone over any game that we've covered none taken in the third period which is bizarre overall tonight 33.9 percent like this really bit the Leafs in the ass um even though in the second period for example they started off weak and went off strong like it's just when you're playing a team like this you got to be on it and that means winning the face off and you know cycling the play taking control of the puck like tonight Ew. yeah so Beecher on Boston went 7 and 0 Charlie Coyle was 18 and 4 on the dot meanwhile wow. our our best was Besides Ryan Reeves as one and zero was Tavares who was yeah twelve and eleven, and then we had yeah Camp like we said was six and ten, and Holmberg was zero for four, like everybody sucked tonight. That's just uh, unacceptable. It's it's again one of those nights where thank God you've got Matthews and Marner that are just on and Tavares and Nylander that are on because ugh, my God. But that between them and the goalie, you got very little helping you out. Like the defense found it by the second period. Again, the first period was just shaky for everybody, but uh, shit. Like losing Lily, you've got fucking Riley played half an hour tonight. Like it's yeah. just gonna get get worse in in, in the meantime. So I gotta figure something out here with the uh the bottom six and the basically half of the defense. Pretty much, yeah. But kudos to the core here. Uh, Nylander leading the way with seven shots tonight. Matthews with five. Um, Yeah. But definitely looking forward to some more action from our bottom six and defending core because this has been bad, bad, bad. And Klingberg, man, just please remember that you have a fucking stick and use it to defend like don't just stand there and you know let the puck go through your feet like actually use your reach 
can use that shot, please just do something. Oh. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of the Marner skate around and uh, look for something, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. well, I think I think he'll find it. He's one that I'm getting less concerned about as the games go on. Mm hmm. OK, so anything you want to touch on with the Leafs before we go to something else? Uh, questions? Um, We can, but I have one. Do you want to do questions and then other topic? Sure. Cool. Questions first. Okay. Uh, so just speaking of Kiev, Zapper at VI Blue and White on Twitter asks, when do we have the Kiev conversation? And then the truth hurts at truth over Ficked also says, why is Kiev still the coach? I mean, he's still the coach because he's got the best record in Leafs history. But again, I, I feel like the team is changing around him. Like, I mean, they're, they're bringing in a lot of new people and it takes time, not just for the players to adjust, but the coach also has to adjust to what he's got to use. Um, I don't think a ton of coaching is involved when it comes to Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares and Riley. So really where it shows is his, his lineup decisions and how the younger guys are doing. Um, so it's, I feel like it's really hard to put the record the Leafs have had the last few years on, you know, Keith being the coach. Like it's pretty, yeah, they've had some rough ones in the past. Like, I mean, Babcock wasn't good, but it's kind of hard to fuck this up. Like with the lineup that Dubas gave him, um, not to discredit Keith in a huge way, but like, I feel like a lot of, a lot more credit is given to him than is maybe due um, because there's been a lot of cases where he has been out coached in important games. And we've seen a lot of really questionable decisions made like in overtime and in, in certain lineups and where Marner's playing and splitting up Marner and Matthews and putting, you know, Nylander at center for the first time in the playoffs, like a lot of really weird things have happened. Uh, so, yeah, yeah what do you think <laughs> yeah I, I totally agree with you there um even benito the basset hound just said uh simply that boston can't stand him keith is a good coach these kids will turn it around which coach has a better record since he started and my argument goes back to that as well um he's proven with this team even though if we're talking about long-term success, I mean, that's always the end goal here, but the Leafs have had their best seasons in history with, with Keith and, you know, they also have the best players they've ever had in history though. Like that's kind yeah. of what I'm, I'm trying to say is like, yes, Keith happens to be the coach at the time when, like we've said, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are breaking records constantly because the Leafs have never had players like this to do this kind of thing. So it's, is it right place, right time? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the next 10 games will definitely be interesting. Um, I really want to see the different changes that they do, especially with the injuries now. Uh, McCabe is out as well, right? So um, we'll see. And I wonder what they're going to do with ice time, right? And just like our conversation with T Bertuzzi and briefs like i really hope that he makes the decision to play the fourth line more 
Like I, as much as I love to see the core in action, I I really want to see all of the lines flowing and gelling. Like I want to I want to see the leaves find their identity in a sense in each line and start to jive a little. Like I mean, the first ten games, a lot of new players added over the off season, but time's a ticking, and we're into November now. It's it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of what I meant by he has to get used to the new players too. Like I would give him the runway of, you know, I'm not talking fire key. I'm just saying like let's see how the next ten games go, like you said, and and talk about it again. Like if it's if we're still having these weird discussions about ice time and you know Bertuzzi not being able to produce anything and you know maybe um, I don't know Reeves still not doing anything. Like we'll see how he actually coaches right like if he has to step in and say look ryan i need you to do what they brought you in here for and uh when i send you out there i need you to send a message and not just skate around and and stare at the puck while it goes past you like that's not what you're here for so it's the little things like if he can get what is uh required from some of these guys that aren't giving it then that'll really show the type of coach he is because like I said, look, the t- when the team looks horrible, but Matthews and Marner look fine, you can't credit Keith for that. Like, that's not him. That's those guys are just good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Who's going in the net on Saturday from Kui underscore Go Leafs? Um, who are we playing Saturday? Uh, good question, actually. That's the one thing I did not look forward to. Sabres. Sabres? Are we still on the road? Uh, no, at home and then at home against the Lightning on okay. Monday. So Saturday and Monday, Sabres and Lightning. I'm going to say it's Wall against the... Ooh, maybe Sammy again against the Sabres and Wall against the Lightning. Uh, I agree with that because Tampa is playing Johansson. Uh, I'm not too sure if they have a back back to back there. So, yeah, might as well put in Wall and give Sammy another shot. I mean, tonight he had a 9.50 save percentage. Um, I think he deserves the next start. Um, even though the shootout did not look that great, I mean, he held his own all, the rest of the game, right? And we want him to build his confidence back. Monday's the first night of a back-to-back for the Lightning, and uh, it's Lightning and then, or sorry, Leafs and then Montreal the next night. So they might play Johansson, and then I don't know who their other guy is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but, 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 sorry, go ahead. Arthur B. Good says... Will Keith's fave Gregor share the puck this season? He has been watching Tavares and Yarncroak. Um, share the puck as in? I guess he's been taking it to the net all alone oh. too many times. That is true, actually. He has been being a little bit of a a one-man army, but it's not like there's any... Isn't he out there with like Reeves and... Some who, <laughs> like who was on his Holmberg line? Holmberg and Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course. I mean, between him and Holmberg, it's just you know, get the puck and go to the net. I don't know what we're doing, but that's again like the the fourth line has zero identity again. They don't know what they're doing out there. So he's probably like, fuck it. Like, let me just do something and stick 
to this team because if I don't try, then we see what happens there. So, hey, I'm for it. I mean, it's the little boost of energy I think is great for the bottom six. I mean, I would love a great passing play and for them all to connect, but I don't know, man. Like it's like you said, it's all part of building this identity. <laughs> yeah. Mike the Fanatic, is anyone else as exhausted as I am after that game? What a damn roller coaster. I'm it was a nice um change of pace after that fucking boring LA game. Like I felt like nothing happened and it was just a lazy, sloppy, boring game to watch. Like there was I don't know, nothing of note other than Willie kept his point streak going. Yay. And Tavares scoring again when the Leafs are garbage, as he always manages to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice that tonight was uh, a little more exciting. Also, uh, how neat would it be to get a seven-game series against the Bruins again? Give it to me every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Are you insane? <laughs> well, I did want it to happen last uh, season for round two, but we wanted Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know how different things would have been. I mean, we got pushed around by Florida and that was kind of the the catalyst of that series was everyone's like, oh, you know, nobody answered the call when Sam Bennett did this or, you know, whatever happened. It wouldn't have been any different against the Bruins. Like Marshawn and company would have been pushing them around and nobody would have been there to answer the call. So I don't really know, like we can talk revisionist history, but I, I really don't see how it would have been any different. We lost the same way that we would have lost to Boston. Well, if it does happen one day, it's going to feel so good to beat them in the yeah. postseason. And yeah, if there's another loss in a Game 7 series, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if we can handle that. I'm not saying we would have lost to Boston. I'm saying if, if we would have lost, it would have been the exact same reason. So like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, yeah. By the end, we would have been saying, oh, we should have Florida. It's like, well, we we tried that and that didn't work either. So <laughs> I think we need to address the fact that whenever someone gets hit on this team, somebody needs to hit that person back. But that's that escapes the Leafs and it always has. So here we are again. And that goes to Terry Luttrell's question that who says, Please explain to me why Reeves is on this team. He definitely doesn't deter the cheap plays. I was so excited after the first two games, but since then, I'm not sure why he's there. He's there for preseason sound bites and funny clips in media things. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know why they haven't given him a talking to, like, hey, the fuck is going on? This is not what we're paying you for. Like, after that LA game, what pardon me, after the LA game when he literally just watched that puck go by, it was like, I'm surprised they didn't pull him aside. And they're like, if you don't start some shit next time you touch the ice, like you're scratched next game. Like, what? There's literally no other reason you're here. Mm -hmm. like, I know he brings the good vibes to the locker room and the good playlists, apparently. But yeah, we need to see it's some not worth action. $1.35 million when we have right. a shitty cap and a team that's very pressed. Like yeah. we have to spend money very wisely. And they thought this was going to be a good move. Bring in somebody that brings a bit of that grit, a little bit of offense while also being a pain in the ass. And he has done none of those things outside yeah. of like the first two games. 
Exactly. So hope to see more soon. Okay, so last fun little thing. Every time people ask me about the um, hockey team here in Ottawa, I've had this conversation more than once. Um, people that aren't either from here, like I was just talking to a, a British person about this, um, or they're not hockey fans. They go, oh, does Ottawa, like they're from the States up here for work. And they go, oh, does Ottawa have a, a hockey team? And I go, haha, yes, they do. It's funny that <laughs> they're that irrelevant. Um, but it's what I always say is they're known for, for some reason, everything off the ice. Like they are notorious for something aside from hockey going on, whether it's someone getting hurt in a backyard party, Cody Stacey, um, somebody <laughs> cheating on somebody, Heatley and Spezza, um, <laughs> you know, somebody getting pulled over uh, by the police and profiled, rest in peace, Ray Emery. Um, the Uber thing, the uh, everything around Eugene Melnick, rest in peace, like Damn. the the Ryan Reynolds, the Snoop Dogg, like, you know, who's going to buy the team? Um, what else? And then all the way, I'm trying to think there's got to be something else that I'm forgetting. But all the way up to now, the Shane Pinto 41 game suspension for gambling, which we've now yeah. heard is that a bet was placed while he was on the ice, meaning someone else has access to his account, which is against the terms of service. So the NHL clamped down on that, saying no funny business with betting because we have to be really careful with this. And the NHLPA went, okay, sorry. And they just kind of took that one on the chin. Um, And uh, now we find out that Amidst all of this, it's not over as the Sens forfeit a first round pick because they forgot to hand over a no trade list when they gave Evgeny Dadonov or Dadonov to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> so if anyone remembers, last year at the trade deadline, two years ago, last year, last year, the trade deadline, last year, yeah, the, uh, the Golden Knights tried to trade Dadonov to uh, Anaheim and he went, hey, Anaheim's on my no trade list. And they went, what no trade list? And the agent went, we definitely filed that. So if you guys don't have it, I don't know what's going on. And they kind of followed the paper trail back. And that somehow took like a year. And uh, now we find out that it's because the Sens never handed that no trade list over. And as people have said in their defense, I really don't know who was working there at the time because this is when Eugene had passed and nobody was owning the team besides his kids and there was like no one working there and there were no scouts and there was no staff. So I'm really not surprised that this got missed, but uh, that mistake cost and Lauer's new team a first round pick, which I'm sure he's super happy about. I don't know if you watched his press conference, but oh my God, I saw some of it and he is, he's quite the character. Yeah, he was very honest, right? And he clearly doesn't know why this wasn't dealt with prior to his ownership. And who knows, right? This is just uh, another example of the incompetence of this league. (laughs) Can you imagine buying a professional team and finding out like all of this missed paperwork and like (laughs) having like, oh my God, spending a billion dollars on something and finding out that like, oh, actually... We did not do an audit properly. Our audit did not include uh, what we screwed up here. So 
the Shane Pinto thing is interesting because he already didn't have a contract and apparently they only found out about like three weeks before this came out that they he was being investigated and had been investigated for like six months, I think, or four wow. months. Uh, so the league was taking this really seriously, but uh, the Sens didn't know until, you know, the last couple of weeks before it came out. So um, this cost Shane Pinto. Uh, they were rumoring about $2.2 million for his deal. So if he were to have signed that and forfeited half of that, that's over a million dollars. Now he doesn't have a deal. And if he signs, um, he actually doesn't have to sign by whatever the December deadline is. He can sign whenever because some weird 10.2 fucking RFA. I don't understand the CBA, but um, he's allowed to sign whenever they control his rights. Um, This drastically affects his number. If he misses half a season, they're going to pay him based on that. And uh, this dude from doing a little, a 22 year old getting a little, a little loose with gambling, cost himself a shit ton of money. Like, wow. (sighs) I'm not surprised they took this seriously after what happened with Evander Kane getting, uh, you know, they, they didn't keep track of his gambling and it got to the point where it was like against his contract with the Sharks and it affected how the league was operating and you know that whole contract thing that took like a year to solve so i'm not surprised that now that they've teamed up with all these betting companies that they're like okay no funny business like you cannot screw around or we're going to clamp down on this real quick yeah but 41 games is a lot it is a lot like it's half the half the season so uh, i i honestly thought it was tied to the whole sexual assault allegations from a couple of years ago when that story came up with the world juniors can- Canadian team, but I don't think he's not. even part of that group. No, Pinto? I mean, no, I'm getting it. Confi- uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm confusing it then. I just thought maybe it would have been linked to something because of such a heavy hand in the reprimand. No. Uh, another fun sense fact. They uh, currently have, Thomas Shabbat, Eric Brandstrom, and, and Artem Zub, all of their uh, right-handed D on injured. And uh, they just today lost Ridley Grieg and Mark Kostelik. So a team that was supposed to finally give the battle for Ontario uh, a new life and, uh, you know, reinvigorate Ottawa hockey fans because, you know, we got a new owner and the team's finally put together and we got, you know, Tarasenko... <laughs> but uh wow what a shitty start yeah like they've, they've already lost they're already down so many players things are not working out and alex the brinket is like leading the nhl in goals <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh dylan larkin actually second in the league with points wow which yeah and then the devils leading the way on the power play which I'm not surprised there, but let's actually do a little, uh, let's do a little checkity check of the standings since we're, uh, we're t- between nine and 11 games in. Um, so I'm just pulling it up on Google here. So Atlantic, um, kind of weird, not at all. What we predicted with the Canadians and Red Wings where they are. Um, do we think that that's going to hold? 
right? Red Wings second, Canadians third, then we have the Leafs fourth. I don't think the Canadians are holding. I'm surprised. They have a minus two goal differential. And wow, um, they uh, they've lost a lot of players already too to injury. So I uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see if they can hold on to it because again, it's it's always interesting when a team that's built to lose wins and it screws up their plans. Same with the Red Wings. Like I don't think they were in any position to actually go for it this year. And here they are. Mind you, they've played 11 games. That's why that's kind of skewed with their 13 points. But it's uh, it's Florida and, and Tampa at the bottom. And then I thought the Sabres and Sens were going to give a run this year. But here we are again. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> the Atlantic division is so strange. So strange. Like, we never could have predicted this. Like, this is almost, almost upside down. Like, with... I mean, Florida and Toronto in the middle is weird. But, like, these guys... Like, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking strange. Um, Metro, though, is kind of as you'd expect. But um, not with the Pens being I, last. I was going to say, except the Penguins in last. The Flyers should be down there. Yeah. The Dev- Rangers, Devils, you know, Islanders third. I would expect maybe the Canes ahead of them. But they are tied in points. But they just have... The, the Islanders have two games in hand. And... Yeah, man, like Columbus over Caps, Flyers, Pens. Well, yeah, actually, the opposite to your point, the Hurricanes have lost five games. Like, they're six and five. The Islanders have a chance to really pull ahead if they win their next two. Mm -hmm. The Hurricanes have been off to a pretty shit start, which is also strange. Um, Blue Jackets, Capitals, Flyers, I was expecting it from. Penguins, I thought they'd be in that pack, just not at the bottom of it. Um, Yeah. Poor Dubas, eh? Uh, Central, only weird one is the Coyotes are four and four. Four, four and one. With a plus six goal differential. Let's go. (laughs) Happy for them. And I I guess the shocking part here, the Minnesota Wild in sixth. And then you have the Blues and Blackhawks. Killing me. I've got him and Kaprizov on a bunch of my teams, and the Wild are just nothing this year. Three, yeah. five, and two through ten games, and they're minus eight. Like, uh. Yeah, no. Um, not surprised about Chicago. Even, you know, maybe I thought they'd be around fifth or sixth, you know, with the little hot start and the hype around Bedard. But hey, I think it's going to be catching up to them. <laughs> Did you see they posted that goal he scored against uh, the Coyotes and the Coyotes proceeded to win eight to one? Yeah. Oh, They're like, oh, God. look at this goal. And everyone's like, oh, man, but it's against who cares? It's against the Coyotes. And then the Coyotes scored seven unanswered goals. It's like, well, wow, they can still love do that. that. <laughs> Um, the real story after all of this, I love that the Canucks are doing well because they've had a couple shit years that this team really deserved to turn around. Like they've finally started getting rid of all the garbage contracts they've had. And, uh, you know, some of their, their guys are getting to that age where it's like, (laughs) you got to figure it out now or never. So I'm glad they've started to figure it out. Uh, the Oilers and flames though. (laughs) Yeah, Pedersen for the Canucks. Um, actually, I think third overall in the league in points so far. But yeah, the Oilers, man. 
Oh my god. Just kill killing people in fantasy. And the flames even worse. I mean, taking that chance on Kadri and Huberdo again just to be freaking disappointed. Five points in ten games. This is the first year I've gotten McDavid because I got first pick. And I also have Kadri and I have Huberto and I have Lindholm. I'm so mad. Like between all of them, they're like a collective negative 30. Like mm. Nazim Kadri, I think I looked at the plus minus leaders and I think he was second last in plus minus. Wow. No, I don't know what's points. going on in Calgary. They have a new coach. You know, they're supposed to be turning things around and Markstrom's supposed to be back. But no, the losing streak continues and they've lost six in a row. Oh, God. Like, the sad part is it's Brad Trilliving's old team that he put together. Yeah. (laughs) Then the Sharks, man. One point so far this season. Nine games played. Lost the last seven. Minus 26 goal differential they're bad on purpose though it's different but what purpose but it's, like it's it's really bad like really bad yeah oh man okay, plus minus leaders quinn hughes is in first with plus 11 not that plus minus matters that much but when you flip it and you go okay who are the worst nazim kadri is now the worst with minus 12 tied with maddie Beniers. Jonathan Huberto, minus 11. Uh, Dylan Dubé, minus 10. Noah Hannafin, minus 9. Matt Coronado, minus 9. Like, those are flames. all Calgary Flames that are in the top 10 for worst plus minus in the league right now. Like, that's brutal. Nikita Zadorov, minus 8. Chris Tanev, minus 7. Like, the whole team. The whole is, team. <laughs> the whole team is in the, is in the bottom 15 for plus minus in the entire league the whole league like there's something wrong there this team cannot keep the pocket of their own net and they can't score like this is pretty brutal do we see a firing coming oh for sure how soon of, of who didn't they just bring in new people all around that's what i mean how soon will they wait on this um new coach oh, do they let him go under over scored. oh under over 30 games oh my god i don't know if they just like i don't know what they do because you're you're at a point where everybody's value is down you can't trade them like they they got to play their way out of this one i think like I wish it was easy as firing somebody, but look, they literally just brought all these guys in now that I think of it. Like, they can't. Who are they going to fire? Like, coach. Again? Yeah. They're going to pay more people because, like, that's the thing. It's not like they got to pay. Aren't they still paying Sutter? I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And even he said, like, we have a problem finishing at the beginning of last year. Like, he was right. It's uh, it's pretty rough there. As for the, the Oilers, it's the same shit every year. It's that they have no goaltending and no defense. Because why focus on anything but making Connor McDavid happy? Which they can't do. So, I don't know. That team's a disaster. 
Yeah, I feel bad for the stew, the soup and the stew and their horrible start to the season. Ugh. Are yeah, Darnell Nurse like- has been horrible. I mean, all the ex-Leafs have been horrible. Like, I don't know. I really hope just for the sake of the sport, because Connor McDavid being in second last place does not do any favors to the NHL and viewership uh, in a year where it's already getting hard to sell tickets. So I really hope that, you know, just for that, they're at least able to put an entertaining product on the ice by uh, by Christmas, at least because holy shit, this is bad. Like the the Heritage Classic between those two is just that's that's abysmal. Like you that's the the worst case scenario is that the, the teams that you pick that are supposed to be like that's like picking Ottawa and Montreal right now. I mean Montreal's having a decent start, but like it's it's just not where you want the uh the the you know, not what you want to air is two mediocre teams in mediocre positions when they're supposed to be good. Agreed. Agreed. And for my fantasy teams, I really hope that they get their ass in gear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little uh, fantasy thing. Adam Fox uh, left a game with a lower body injury tonight. So Aye. all of you owners. Yeah, exactly. Aye. Is it long term? Uh, it didn't look good. It's a nasty hit. Should we pull it up? Sebastian Ajo. Let's I think look. I saw. Um, Adam Fox. Adam Fox. Jordan Stahl sticks his leg out of Vincent Trocek, but unfortunately Trocek was able to avoid most of it. Um, oh, never mind. Adam Fox dressing room. Yeah, going leg on leg with Ajo. Yeah, that's mm. pretty unintentional. Um. Here I can share this. I can share freeze frames. So there. (laughs) Oh, like knee on knee. Yeah. So it was like. Ouch. Yeah. He comes in and boom. Ow. Yeah. Aho probably felt that one just as bad. But yeah. Um. He would look like Fox. the more injured one from that angle. I know. But Fox did not. Fox was the one coming in with speed. So he was the mm. one that hit the uh, immovable object there. So hopefully not too bad. But uh, again, him, Lilligren, bunch of defensemen going down tonight. Like I said, with uh, Zub also still down for the Sens. It's, uh, it's a rough game out there. <laughs> protect, yeah. protect yourself. Um, Before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Well, or you wreck your mic. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to quote another song, but uh, it would have been actually reminded me of another thing that we need to say. I was going to say protect your neck because, um, (laughs) yeah, unfortunately, a freak crazy accident in the UK, unfortunately, results in uh, the loss of Adam Johnson. So um, condolences to the friends and family there. That's just a crazy incident that um, obviously nobody wants to see happen. Um, and kudos to the response team on the ice, like how quickly they were able to get those screens and things up. And uh, yeah, it's just a really, really sad, unfortunate thing. Um, 
we don't have time to get into the full conversation on safety and neck guards and stuff tonight, but uh, let us know what you think around that. If you think that implementing neck guards uh, in the NHL mandatory is a good idea, or if you think it's an overreaction to something that happened once or, you know, somewhere in the middle, because we've heard all the arguments over the last couple of days. So let us know what you think, and we'll have a uh, more in-depth discussion, hopefully with more of the team next time. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good debate and I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's responses. Honestly, uh, rest in peace, Adam Johnson. This is holy. I can't even believe it, man. Like this is just the worst scenario that could happen. And yeah, no words, honestly, but I'm glad to see, you know, the pens at least taking initiative and, um, being one of the first NHL teams to implement this new rule and making it a thing. So and same with their affiliate teams. But yeah, we'll talk more about that in the future. Yeah. Um, something fun to end on? Anything interesting to talk about? Just a little shift before we end? I don't know. Anything fun? <laughs> Fun, 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 fun. It's November. Are you oh. participating? Should I shave this off and restart? Is what you're asking? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess Please. I could. Why not? Why not? Do it. I mean, it's like, if unless I'm actually going to, you know, do a campaign and raise money, it's like. I'm just shaving my mustache for no reason. Do it. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, it's uh, it's also soup season as we hit November. Um, yeah, my throat I a, is killing. <laughs> I made a killer butternut squash and sweet potato soup today. And I'm making a nice. potato leek soup on the weekend. So Ooh. we're just, it's soup season, baby. Love Leaks that were on for you. sale. Got a huge fucking like massive bundle of them. So we love nice. that. Nice. Nice. I gotta make some. Or send me some. <laughs> oh, I got a new cat. His name's Chad. He's so cute. He's huge. Like I knew Maisie was small and I was calling her Forever Kitten when we got her, because I'm like, she's not gonna get that big. And then when she got to like the size she is now, we're like, oh, I mean, I guess she's like I guess our other cat's just a little like bigger than normal. No, Maisie is tiny because I went to go pick this cat up and he was supposedly nine months, but I think they posted that like three months ago. So he's like a year old now, but oh my God, he's like, he's huge. And like, like his paws are massive and his head is huge and he is a big cat. Um, And he just eclipses both of our other ones. So he's trying so hard to be friends. You just hear him. He's got like a voice crack meow. So it's like super high pitch. It's like, it's, it's so funny. Aww, but he's trying to be friends posted. with the girls, but they, uh, they, they just won't let him. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. You can tell in the pic, like belly up, so friendly, not hiding. And like, he clearly looks comfortable in his new home and mm-hmm. the girls aren't having it. <laughs> no, the, uh, the older one, obviously I knew she wouldn't, she's just kind of ignoring him. And uh, but it, we got him to be a friend for the kitten because like they're both about a year old. Like I think Maisie's 16 months or something. So 
we hoped that, you know, this cat Chad came from a house with another cat. You know, that they said like, oh, this is his sister. They play together. And we're like, great. Nothing yet, because Maisie's <laughs> not used to it. She's used to getting shut down by the older cat Minu. So now every time Chad comes near her, she just hisses and growls. And I've never heard this little thing growl before. I thought it was him. I'm like, what the? Maisie, <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully all of our, uh, our little fur children work it out. <laughs> Do you still have Mitch and Austin? Yeah, they're so old. Like, if if anyone's new, I have two guinea pigs that, like, somebody on Kijiji was like, hey, I'm moving into residence and can't take these with me. They're old anyway. Like, it was posted as mature guinea pigs for adoption. I was like, sure. I just lost my hamster for the second time. So, finally got these. That was two and a half years ago. They are Damn. supposed to live to be between five and seven and they are seven and seven and a half or something wow. yeah they're so fucking old and they're just exactly the same as when we got them i almost forgot about them because i don't hear them going nuts behind you in the cage or squeaking away yeah i have a different spot for them now because they were too much also all they do is <laughs> shit and um it's not pleasant you know to sit in a closed little office with that. Well, they were always hungry and you just didn't never fed them. <laughs> All they do is eat. They have nonstop <laughs> hay. They eat pellets. They eat like veggies and like so much romaine and, and carrots and kale. It's probably because of all the veggies I give them. Cause like yeah. while you're, while you're making dinner, all the scraps of everything, you just like, oh, here you go. It's probably why they're still alive. They're getting so many vitamins. Crazy <laughs> Fox. Yes. Okay. So, uh, what are we looking for uh, next game? Leafs and Sabres. We're looking for a big win and hopefully Sammy gets the next start. I would love to see him get his confidence back and to put up high numbers once again and to actually pull out the full dub and to get this bottom six going and some de-action. I... Uh, selfishly for my fantasy team want to see some cool stuff from uh, Tuck and Skinner and Thompson just because you know we don't get to see I mean not that we don't get to see the, the Sabres that often but we don't get to see a good Sabres team you know all the time so I'm just excited that it's going to be a, a good game um, also I would like to see Bertuzzi get a goal finally he has like two or three, but I would love to see Domi get a goal. That would be nice. That would be, but I mean, like, I feel like Bertuzzi doesn't have any because it's just like, it feels like he's not doing anything ever. Yeah. Like one good thing, 20 bad things. Against Dallas. Yeah. Okay. What was that? Three yeah. games ago? Just after, yeah, after getting benched and uh, clearly Keith trying to send a message, I want to see him, you know, take it to heart and give a little more and try to figure out what the hell he's doing here. <laughs> like, honestly, I want to see this team bring some more physicality too. like, I want to see them just get a little tough with the Sabres, you know, like Sabres aren't afraid to push us around. Oh, no. Let's let's push them back and they're coming to our house. So 
Let's make a statement. We got the uh, the flurry of the Rasmuses. <laughs> yeah, Ristolainen. I forgot about that guy. Ristolainen's on the Flyers now. Is he? Isn't he? Probably. Clear it. See, I forgot about him. But <laughs> yeah, Darlene and Samuelson are the uh, uh, Samuelson. And Owen Power and Yokoharu and Bryson and Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson's on the same page. Oh, yeah. They have a guy named John Jason. John Jason Paterka. But his name is John Jason. Wow. I just, I don't know. I think Sabres of Ristolainen, I guess. We never really see Philly, Philly either, eh? Yeah. It feels like teams that we should play more than we do fucking Kyle Ocposo is still playing on the Sabres and he's the captain he's been there so long yeah the time he like almost lost his eye oh yeah yeah wild he's 35 already that's crazy time flies anyway we'll uh we'll catch you on uh on the flippity flop flippity flop be a hockey night in Canada, so uh, hopefully we won't have to stream it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. it's a late one today. Well, half an hour late, so a little tired, but hey, I'm excited <sighs> back for 7 o'clock starts. The last couple have been off times. We had an 8 o'clock, 7.30. I mean, better than West Coast, but it's throwing me off, okay? I know, I just want normal normal times. Come on, seven. Anyway, have a good night. Love you. Remember to like and subscribe and follow and rate and review and all that stuff. Please. Good night. Oh, my thing didn't work. It's oh. That's okay. Bye. Oh. Bye. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. 